0: Hey winners! Welcome to episode four of Money Bites, where we dive into money, mindfulness, and everything that comes in between in bite-sized discussions. We have an interesting personal story to share today of a serial entrepreneur who went from thirty thousand in student debt to thirty thousand in her savings account in less than eighteen months. Hear how she did it and the unconventional strategies that she used. Hi, Jesse. I am so excited for you to be on our podcast. Welcome to Money Bites. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So, we met on a women's Facebook group. You are the founder of an amazing business called Lumi. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I Lumi.com last year. And, uh, it's been quite an adventure. That's super exciting. But it seems this isn't your first time around with being an entrepreneur. It seems you started very young.
1: Yes. I started my first business uh, when I was 16 years old.
0: Wow. And
1: selling t-shirts. Yeah, I was, I was like screen printing and selling t-shirts, making them in my parents' basement. Uh, and then from there, I ended up starting a company with someone I met at design school. My current co-founder, Stefan, we did first business together that we started about six years ago. So, I've, yeah, I've done a
0: lot of different things. Uh, this is my second this is my second company. Wow, that's actually amazing to have tried it again and again. Starting as an entrepreneur at such a young age, I would think there would have been some scary points. What sort of gave you the courage to, to just start? Yeah, so definitely it was
1: intimidating. I think that you know i joke about this a little bit that i don't know another way meaning that i've never <laughs> had a different sort of job or a different uh, income source so i like this is sort of like the only path i know in a certain in a certain funny way um, but i i think that the thing that actually made me want to jump in and try starting my own business was the sensation i had that to start something from scratch is the best way to learn about how the world works. That, like, if you want to learn things fast and you want to, and if you kind of have this goal of having an impact on the world in some way or seeing your ideas out in the world taking shape, then you might as well jump in and sort of do it from scratch. So it was that sort of thinking, I think, that led me to
0: get over the hump and, and try to start a business. Mm, mm, mm. One question that I have is your early entrepreneur years obviously has shaped a lot of your relationship to money now but I'm wondering if we take that even earlier on into your childhood yeah. um, what is your first memory of money
1: that's a really um, that's a really good question. I don't know if I... I mean, I have early memories. You know, I remember getting an allowance to get $5 a week allowance. Um, I remember that, like, from, you know, when I was, like, a elementary school kid and things like that. I think that something from my growing up that did impact my relationship with money is that um, But I don't think my parents had a great relationship with money. Like, I think mm. they were always pretty stressed about money, which, as I became an adult... I started to question why, because my they were both employed. Like my dad was a lawyer, my mom was a school teacher, so they actually you know had two incomes for a while. And and looking back, like knowing what I know, it's like why everyone has money trouble sometimes. But but I, I really think that the the stress in my household around money was through, um, especially my dad. I think not being good with money and mm. so there was like this consciousness I had where I was like I don't want to be stressed about money forever like I want to be better at managing mm-hmm. it than, than I think my dad or my parents were um is that does that make
0: sense yeah totally do you think as you grew up you acted on those insights yeah I think that my first
1: acting on it was um I made a conscious decision to not let my lifestyle demands creep up like that's what I think you know my dad was very really stressing about like he liked going on vacations and he liked different things and then and then would be stressed about money and, and looking back it's kind of like what if we didn't go on that vacation or right. like who cares I, I don't know I mean I'm sure obviously the answer is he cares right but but I think that my reaction to observing that sort of money stress was like that stress wouldn't would not have existed if you just didn't keep ratcheting up lifestyle demands or like lifestyle expectations mm. so I think you know I went and lived in like an art like colony place in LA and you know and paid myself very little money I think in in a almost like hippieish manner I think my rebellion was like what if I don't care about money as much like I don't care about impressing people with the things I have then maybe I'll have a different relationship with money and I guess, you know, I mean, I don't know, like, obviously, I'm still in the middle of all of it. But I do think I have a very different relationship with money, than like my dad
0: did. I love it how your form of rebellion rather than drugs and partying was, I'm going to be super mindful about money. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a really like, rebellion, yeah. <laughs> Doing what it takes. A girl's got to do what a girl's got to do. That's awesome. One of the reasons why I had reached out to you after you posted your personal experience on the networking group was you mentioned how entrepreneurship sometimes can be the antithesis of building personal wealth. Yes. <laughs> so I, I, I want to sort of follow your trajectory from when you were 16, when you were just starting out and going gung ho at all the obstacles through the process, and to the point where you are at now. When you just started, were you paying yourself a salary? That's a good question. Um, no. In, in, in the first several years of running my business, I was never,
1: you know, from a work status perspective, I was never salaried. You know, my, my first business was an LLC. Uh, anyone familiar, a little bit familiar with, like, tax codes and whatnot, uh, when you're, like, a partner in an LLC, you can distribute money out to yourself, and it's not actually—it's not actually wages. It's mm. like you know, income from a business you own, which actually creates a lot of complexities with your taxes. So that's a whole nother story. Um, but but the quick answer is like, I was never salaried in, in the early early years of my company. I never had consistent pay. What I would do is like, I would try to pay myself like each week, whatever the company. Kind of could speak out so that I could survive, and that was like you know anywhere from like a few hundred dollars to like maybe a thousand dollars here and there. I mean, in the first several years of my business, my average yearly income was thirty-five or forty grand or something. Really, which is obviously like an entry-level or lower salary at most companies these days. So it wasn't glamorous for sure. And and I think in those early years, like you're. You're banking on something else and you're doing a different mental calculus. Like, I wasn't even thinking about it. Like, to me, as long as I had enough to just survive, basically, Mm -hmm. I was actually kind of considered myself lucky
0: that I was still working on my own business. It was your business and your own vision. Exactly. (laughs) But at the same time, the thrill of entrepreneurship also comes with the risk of entrepreneurship. Yeah. At a certain point, the first hurdle of many, many, many that comes for entrepreneurs is the mental burndown. Mm -hmm. And for you to be so laser-focused in the momentum and being able to continue that, that's amazing. What allowed you to be able to be so steadfast?
1: I think as humans, part of human nature is the grass is always greener syndrome, right? (laughs) No one is immune from it. Like, Everyone always always seems like the grass is you know green on the other side, but I think that I've developed a certain um, immunity to that over time, meaning that like I you know would hang out with friends who had jobs, let's say. And they're probably. We, we, it's not like we were discussing it actively, but it would not be silly to assume that they're making twice or maybe even three times what I was saying myself. And you know, you go out to dinner with people, and they spend a full dinner complaining about their jobs, or complaining about their bosses. Like, we are. I think. I think that you have to recognize that that every choice has a consequence, right? So, mm. in what you just said, like, you know, it's amazing the dedication to your company. I actually think that when I was when I was doing it, I felt like it was a dedication to myself of, like, I want to live this sort of life, so sooner or later, I'll figure out how to do it better, um, like, if I'm kind of not right. doing it well now. Uh, you know, we all make choices, and there's certainly hard choices, but but I think that's a little bit more where my head was at.
0: I love the fact that you're emphasizing owning your choices, because a lot of times, I feel you're absolutely right that people are in a certain situation and they feel like they're trapped. But a lot of times, it is their choices that's gotten them there. There, there are of course yeah. situations where it's completely out of your hands. Sure, but a
1: lot of things are in, especially you know, in a country like we live in. Like there, there's so much that usually we we can change or that we have some agency over um and something that i really have come to believe as well that that i sort of steeled myself to or prepared myself for in those early days is you you know it's like we kind of have all built ourselves these very pretty little prisons in a certain way and this sounds very dramatic but what i mean is like you have to, I got very really used to living with very little in those early years. Like, you're paying yourself 35 grand or whatever. I mean, I, 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 I do normal things. Like, I go out to eat. I, I do whatever I want to do. Like, I'm not some monk person, <laughs> but I don't have the expectation that, like, I need to have a brand new fridge in my apartment. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, there's so much that I hear, you know, such high, at, like, living expectations. What I'm getting at is that it's just really good to, to feel okay with living on a little bit
0: less. Like, it's just such a powerful thing, I think. You sound so wise. <laughs> <laughs> so at that point, what was your exact situation? You were making about thirty five to 40000 in variable income. <laughs> um, <laughs> you had student debt. Do you mind if I ask about how much? Yeah, I started like out of school. I had like thirty-five grand
1: or so of student debt, um, and like, and so after running my business for a few years, like I been making payments, so like basically minimum payments, so I still had like you know twenty-nine or thirty grand. Like I had over the course of you know being out of school for a little while, paid like a little bit of it down, mm-hmm. but it still to me it felt like I still had all of it because. It, the bulk of it was still there you know
0: yeah when the repayment is slow it can be a bit daunting and then yeah,
1: it just feels like it's just sitting there and especially when i'm paying myself so little it's like 30 grand it's like i was never just gonna have 30 grand magically
0: just pay it off at that juncture in time you know right did you have any other type of debt um, I mean, off and on. Something I did learn that I've gotten
1: way really better about is, is separating my business and personal finances. So,
0: super important in
1: the early years of of the company, I would often put like business related things on my personal credit card. Sometimes, probably even if it wasn't necessary, I was just like so kind of dedicated to the cause and like not necessarily self preservationist. And I think that a certain amount of that is good, but I think I took it even too far. So. There were times when the company was strapped. Where like, I would have several thousand dollars on credit cards. Really, were it's not like they were personal expenses. Even they were like expenses I was charging for the company and stuff like that. So, so it was floating credit card debt. Um, nothing, nothing super extreme. But at various points, I've had credit card debt for that I would like maybe not be able to pay off for six months or eight months. That was just building and things like
0: that. Okay, so. How long did the situations continue for, where you were making minimum payments on your student debt, and you were making a survival level of income?
1: I mean, that's a few years. That's like from the time like, I got out of school and we started. We start this business, uh, and then and then about three years. And because in the in the fourth year of the business of uh, the IncoDite business, we actually turned a really. Nice profit, and I do remember thinking to myself, like, okay, I need to like need to actually pay myself. And so I, I don't remember the actual figure actually, but I do remember increasing my pay and like starting making more aggressive payments down the minimum, and making sure that I had no company expenses on my cards and things of that nature. So it was like a full three years of very subsistence level payments to myself, and then in the fourth year. Because I was able to grow the business to a level that where there was more money, um, actually that we were earning, I, I
0: upped it from there. Could I sort of dig a bit deeper into that? So mm-hmm. on the fourth year, you were able to grow the business, and you have again choices at that point where you could either invest more heavily back into the business. And running a business always have other expenses that comes up, of course. What was sort of the mental shift that you went through that you sort of set a firm foot and said, I come first?
1: Yeah, I think um, I think I was seeing that the business was healthier um, and, and also feeling like um, there's a difference. I think there's a very big difference in life between sacrifice and like martyrdom. <laughs> you know, sacrifice is a choice on is also a choice, but it's, like, for the wrong reasons, you know? Like, I think um, I was intentionally sacrificing for several years because I wanted this lifestyle, because I wanted to sort of test myself and and try, you know, running a business. Um, But in that fourth year, when I had put in Blood, Sweat, and Tears to grow that business to the point where it's making actual income, like, the company made seven figures that year. Wow. (laughs) I yeah, that's where like I think it would have viewed it to martyrdom to like, I'm gonna the company's making seven figures and I'm gonna pay myself 35 grand or whatever. So that point, it's it's that balance of of making sure that you take advantage of, of what you have built. And these are personal choices. Like to me, it felt like the right time to
0: make sure I was taking care of myself and my personal finances. Yeah, absolutely. So now it's year four. You've generated enough revenue where you can pay yourself beyond the ramen noodle income. You had several financial priorities that you were juggling. How did you prioritize those?
1: My biggest one was I did, I wanted to get out of student loan debt, and, and this is where what you, you know, part of what you saw, um, well, I actually, honestly, I, I can't remember if I put this on that post, but I made a crazy decision to move into an Airstream trailer uh, with my boyfriend at the time, um, which was, like, partially a fun, like, life adventure, and then another part was sort of a financial, like, experiment as well, because we went from Together we had an apartment that cost like basically two grand, and so we're each paying a grand a month to having no rent um, because we moved into this airstream trailer that we that we bought outright. But all of that to say that I there's certain like switch that flipped in me where I was like I'm paying myself more. Um, I start to see the light at the end of the tunnel of like I can pay off this debt, I can save money, etc. But then there's another part of me that goes like Okay, I see the light at the, end of the tunnel. I could do this over the course of the next five years, whatever." Or I could just do it in the next year and be done with it. Um, wow. And some changes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I did. Like, I made some crazy choices. And, like, in in 12 months, I paid off 30 grand of student debt. Oh, wow. Um, and, and paid and put money away as well. That's amazing.
0: <laughs> I'm kind of like a rip the band aid off type of person. So <laughs> I was like, let's just do this, you know? That's amazing. $30,000 in one
1: year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I paid it off, And then I also, I feel like I just, I reduce expenses like just drastically, like almost down to nothing. And, and then also, I admit that as an entrepreneur, um, I have a little bit of freedom, uh, some expenses that people probably don't have as much freedom with. Like for instance, I pay my you know, iPhone bill through the company because I am like basically working nonstop. So that's a business expense or like some other things where people probably, um, I was able to sort of rearrange some um, recurring expenses that are very business related and route them through the company and things like that to even control expenses further. Mm-hmm. And I know not everyone has that option, but in the scheme of things, I'd say like getting rid of my rent payment was a pretty
0: extreme move. So that probably had the biggest impact. Wow, I don't even know what a airstream trailer is, but yeah, yeah, that's that's quite amazing. Oh, you don't know what
1: it is? No, no. Oh, it's like um, it's like this iconic-looking trailer. It's like this silver color on the
0: outside. If you look it up, you probably recognize it. That's really cute. That's amazing. And then you mentioned also that you got rid of student debt in a year, and then the next priority, you started saving aggressively.
1: Yeah, so so that, like, um, yeah, so then I was able to save another 30 grand. <laughs> and, and I'd like to say for the record that I don't pay myself like an insane CEO salary or anything. I really just don't spend money. <laughs> like, wow. Um, in, in case someone's wondering, like, is she paying herself like 150 grand or something? No, I am not. Um, I, uh, it's not at all that expensive expansive <laughs> Sorry, um, but I uh, I just really reduced and made it a priority, so um, I was able to do that. And so yeah, so that quantum leap. Or that, that's why I posted that post. Like in, in a, basically a little bit over eighteen months, span, I went from being thirty k
0: in debt to having thirty k saved. That's amazing. Do you mind if I ask how big was the uh... Yeah,
1: oh, no, definitely. That's fine. So, so, uh, so, again to kind of explain the trajectory, like so, in that fourth year of the Incody business, I probably started paying myself like more like sixty k, like not nothing extravagant. And then I started paying myself eighty k. So that was the trajectory. It was that salary that helped. That was like what I, uh, and then I then I took my rent down to nothing. You know, and that's basically like your take home pay at that rate is like whatever it is, like 1300 a week or something, I mean, it's not, like, that crazy, but I just, like, stopped spending money, and, like, I didn't have a rent payment or anything, Right, so right, basically, right. basically, like, I was just paying, like, almost $1,000 a week just, like, to my student loans and then just saving it and just spending, like, the money I was spending with like, basic expenses or going out to eat or whatever, um, and I was just really careful about not, doing anything else that really adds up. Like, I didn't do any significant travel, obviously, like personal travel um, or anything where you have like, you know, multi-thousand dollar bills that come in for that stuff. So it was just a period of like, not spending very
0: much, you know? I feel like there would have been so many temptations as (laughs) as if I've earned this, it is my right to spend it, but to again be gung-ho and be steadfast in your financial progressive journey that's that's amazing willpower and this is what i do think like the early part of my career prepared me
1: for with like actually not having very much at all Mm. um i don't feel like i'm missing something like and that is kind of what blows my mind when i hear other people talk about finances is they it's sort of like the self-pity involved Um, Hmm. If I may be so bold as to say that, like, kind of when people say, like, and then, like, all my friends are going to PF chains and, like, I can't afford it. Or, like, sort of like the weird, like, self-pitying comments that people make. And I think it's, like, that's actually – don't worry about it. Like, you can go to PF chains another day or save money and do whatever you want. I'm just using PF chains as, like, a hilarious example. But but the point is that – I don't know. I think if you remove self-pity from the equation – and you just put money in the bank, like you feel empowered and you're like, I mean, I have 30 grand or I can go to P.F. Chang's on Friday if I want. <laughs> like, I don't know, like who cares, you know, in the scheme of things. Right, right. I, I, I do think it's, I, I, I do completely admit I have a different perspective on it because I, I think I prepared myself for going without like for so long, you know?
0: Yeah, it's become feeder for where you are now. In the process when you were making the switch or even before, did you budget or track your expenses? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I'm like a
1: spreadsheet fiend. Like <laughs> I I was like budgeting out like how much exactly I buy would need to spend on groceries and then i would reduce it by ten dollars and see what the effect would be at the end of the year like i i'm i'm a spreadsheet crazy person so yeah i I would like play with scenarios (laughs) like um, in my own like little personal spending spreadsheet and stuff and and that doesn't mean i'm actually i'm not the big person who who, like you know uh saves every receipt and then like tracks everything as i'm spending it Mm. but i very much play with scenarios of like if I do this what will happen what's the long-term
0: effect like you know playing with this or taking my rent out of the equation. That's super interesting so you saw the scenarios you saw the effect and then how did you link back your spending so that you knew you were following the scenario that you had chosen?
1: I do do budgeting so like on a monthly basis I would kind of see if I uh, if if um, if I followed like my intention um mm-hmm. just not every moment of every day but I was looking at it each month at the end of each month um and seeing like how close to my intention I was uh and and obviously that's important because you don't check back in on it it's obviously very hard to achieve that goal right um but playing with the scenarios in the spreadsheet you know helped me see for instance that like if I didn't take if I didn't increase my income and didn't take my you know, and I didn't do the rent, crazy rent thing I did, that it was, like, my goal was, like, two years out, and if I did what I did, I'd be done in a year or whatever, like, that, it was that type of scenario, that, mm-hmm. like, scenario playing and spreadsheeting that helped me um, come up with a plan that actually excited me, because I think that is another thing that is really important in this process, is, like, it's, it's almost like a game, um, like, gamifying it for yourself a little bit, like, knowing I knew how to feel when I I was out of debt. Like, I knew that would feel really good. And then I kind of gamified it for myself where I was like, well, if I do these crazy things, like, I'm going to feel that, like, two years sooner. Okay, cool. Like, let's do this. You know what I mean? Like, I made it into almost like a game for myself instead of, like, this, you
0: know, grueling sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. I feel, again, sort of we need to enjoy the process rather than, Being excruciatingly in pain (laughs) with every step yeah so I I really like the gamification aspect awesome so I'm gonna ask two closing questions one is how would you define money as its role it's played uh, in your life I would say that I have tried to define money as a tool
1: In my life, instead of, like, the as, like, a necessity or as, like, a stressful, taboo topic, like, money is quite literally, like, a tool. Like, you take it out of your pocket, you can buy things with it, whether it's digital or not, and then you get things in return, and you can start businesses with it, and you can build things with it. It, It's, like, I would like to have more of, like, a tool-type relationship with it. It's, like, a resource than a personal identification with it, where it's, like, I am what I
0: am because I have X amount of money or I have this house or whatever. That's exactly how at Winnie we talk to our members in terms of our mission in Mm -hmm. viewing money. Yeah, in viewing money not as a goal, but rather a tool, exactly as you said. That's great. And I think that's
1: very, you can get there, which, you know, culture definitely pushes us in another direction of you are the fridge you own or whatever, (laughs) you know commercial beauty but so i think it's a constant you have to constantly remind yourself that it's not true that like
0: it's a tool plain and simple totally agree the final question is our name is winnie where it's winning you win we win we win too winnie nice. and our closing question always is winning in life how would you define that for yourself? Oh, that's a great one. Yeah, that's a that's a big one.
1: For me, I, I don't know. I think I was born kind of like an old soul. Like, I think life is short, shorter than we all think. And, and I, I think that for me, winning um, in life is being bold, like, the entire time. Um, mm-hmm. Not viewing your boldness and, like, your adventure... Has taken place in the future or the past like it should always be happening like at every age and to me like if I can keep that mindset and keep being bold and like finding my next adventure and doing it whether I'm 15 35 65 that is like a great life like that is and I don't like when people frame it as, like it, as in the past or the future, like, you know, I was adventurous when I was a young person, or I will be adventurous once I have enough money in the bank, or whatever, it should always be now, it's like, mm. this is all it is, like, you better do it now, you know, so that if I can keep that mindset, I think that would be a successful life, but that, that actually brings to something that I think I just want to touch on, which is Similar to sort of people's unhealthy relationship with money, oftentimes, I think we have an unhealthy expectation of like happiness. I'll always be happier. If I'm an entrepreneur, I'll be happier. If this, I'll be happy. I think it's so normal in any path, whether you have a job or you're an entrepreneur, to be unhappy sometimes. (laughs) Like, that's 100% fine. Like, I have definitely gone through months of running my business where I'm like, oh, it feels like a drag or a doldrum or rough. And then you get through it and you're through it again. Like, instead of viewing that as, like, some failure, I just think that's just a part of it. So, I don't
0: know. Does does that make sense? No, absolutely. Accept the journey for some of our members... Sometimes it becomes emotionally very difficult if they don't see immediate changes in their spendings, in their financial journey, or if they have a bit of a hiccup. And it's really hard to continue to stay motivated and remind yourself, you're not going to go from zero to 60 (laughs) in three seconds. So yeah, definitely. Thanks for sharing that. Of
1: course. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to hopefully, you know, my my crazy stories and
0: whatnot are, are helpful <laughs> to somebody. No, absolutely, absolutely. I I want to thank you so much for your time. This has been a blast to hear your experience and all the lessons that you've learned. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Hope you enjoyed Jesse's story. Money is still taboo in our culture, so I really applaud her courage for opening up and sharing her experience with us. Jessie mentioned her first company being an LLC. So, for you entrepreneurs, freelancers, and side hustlers out there, in the next episode, we'll be speaking with an accountant on the financial benefits of creating an LLC, as well as an accountant's tale of her financial journey. Hope to see you soon!